Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis 12 about the vital relationship that began between God and Abraham. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. This morning, we're going to be covering the first five verses of Genesis 12 to point out a little bit about who Abraham actually was. It's very important. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we remember... Lord Jesus, your words, when you said very simply, learn of me. And we come this morning, Lord, with that goal, to learn of you. Open our hearts, open our eyes, and help us to learn of you this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 12, uh, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, Unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee all shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go unto the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. Now, in our last study, we started a question which we're going to continue with today, and that is basically exactly who was Abraham. I'm not talking about who was he historically, who was he Uh, in the sense of what he did. But I mean, who was the person of Abraham? That's very important. And so in our last study, we, we saw from Hebrews 11, a very key passage about Abraham, where it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go unto a place where he should afterward receive for an inheritance, obeyed, we're picking up these words, very important words here, and went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Further down in verse 14 of that chapter 11 of of Hebrews, it says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. So from those passages, those verses there in Hebrews 11, what we see is that there are key words that describe Abraham. Abraham, one key word is faith. He's a father of faith. We, another key word for Abraham is obeyed. That's what it says. It says, by faith, Abraham, he's called to obeyed, and he went out. Another key word is looked. That's what it says. It says, for he looked for a city. Another key word for him is not mindful of this earth, not mindful of this world. Had they been mindful of that country, speaking of this world, then that Abraham was not mindful of the world, but he, the last word, desired. He desired a better country. Now, verse 1 tells us, very simply, that the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and so forth. Now, the question is, this is the call of Abraham. And the question is, how did that call actually happen? What happened when Abraham was called? I mean, did Abraham hear a voice? 
Did he, did he just sort of was walking along, all of a sudden a voice maybe from behind him and, and, and that called him to go out of Ur of the Chaldees? Did Abraham just have this deepening conviction in him that i got to leave this place? Is that what happened? Well, we know because, thank God, there is in Acts chapter 7 more details. And if you'd like to turn to that in Acts 7 verses 2 through 4, we're really described what happened to Abraham when he got this call to leave this great, very, very important call to leave Ur of the Chaldees. And it says there in Acts 7, these are key passages about Abraham, Hebrews 11, Acts 7 in the New Testament. It says about the passage we're studying about in Genesis 12, 1. It says there, here's Stephen, he's addressing, we know this is his last words, and they're recorded. It was a lot of last words. Jewish people normally have a lot of last words. So he had a lot of last words. He had a whole chapter of it. But anyway, he said, and he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. And then he says, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said unto him, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran from thence when his father was dead. He removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. So we see here that before Abraham was called, it says that, before Abraham was called, he saw the God of glory. The God of glory appeared to Abraham. Now, who did he see when he saw this God of glory? Well, the Lord Jesus said that, uh, if you like to turn to us, a familiar passage in John 8, 56 through 58, the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking of, the, of, of Abraham seeing God, he said in John 8, 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? I wonder if you see there the switch. He said, he said, he saw me, and they, said, and they asked, did you see him? <laughs> anyway, and Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. So this, this, is what, this is the great passage here where the Lord Jesus Christ is saying that he's eternal. That was the issue. It wasn't an issue about whether he was 50 years old or not. It was the, he, he was eternal with that great statement, before Abraham was, I am. Then they sought to kill him. Apart from that, he was very well received. So, <laughs> so it was the Lord Jesus Christ who appeared to Abraham as the God of glory. So Abraham saw the God of glory. Glory he saw. He knew was, uh, uh, with God, he saw the glory, the God of glory. What glory did Abraham see? Exactly what glory did Abraham see? Well, Abraham spoke of this glory, when he was, in essence, reporting back to the Father after his time here on earth in John 17. And in John 17, 5, the Lord Jesus said, And now, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. What we're seeing here is that Abraham saw the Lord Jesus before he left his glory to come to earth, 
and to die for our sins. And he saw this glory that the Lord Jesus gave up or, or, or forfeited, so to speak, in order that he might come here and be a man and die for our sins. So what we see here is that this sequence is very important. God first appeared to Abraham as the God of glory. That was first. And then he spoke to Abraham. First he appeared to him, and then he spoke to him. And when Abraham saw the God of glory, he knew who, who, he, knew who he was. He knew that. And as if God... And, it, and, it, and it, so in essence, God is first establishing a relationship with Abraham. I'm God, you're Abraham. And then he speaks to him. And so this is important because why, why does Stephen point this out? Because he's telling, he's talking to religious leaders who knew the Bible backwards and forwards, literally. But they did not know the God of the Bible. They did not know this God of glory that he's referring to. So Stephen was telling them that, that Abraham first saw the God of glory, then he heard his call, then he heard his words. And that was very, very similar to what the Lord Jesus Christ said to the same group or type of people when he said in John 5, 39, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life, but, and they are they which testify of me. But many people today, many people today come to the Bible without bothering to know or have a relationship with the God of the Bible. And the Lord said of those, uh, to do that is to fall into the category of, for in them ye think ye have. For in them ye think ye have. Some today, for some it's the, for in them ye think ye have a mysterious map to a hidden treasure in the Bible. For some, it's for in them ye think ye have some kind of mysterious number codes. Rabbis have told me to teach me something. They have said, you know, you see this number here in the Bible, and this number here in the Bible, and when you add these two numbers together, they equal this, and that indicates this numerology. All of those kind of deceptions about the Bible are all categorized in them for the in them ye think ye have. And they all come from not knowing or not bothering to know the God of the Bible. But the Bible, there is a great treasure in the Bible. There is a great treasure in the Bible. And, it's, and it is, for they are they which testify of me. That's the great treasure. So the hidden treasures in the scriptures is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's him. The scriptures lead to him. They tell who he is. They tell who, what he's done. They show his glory. They lead lost souls to him so he can be, they can be saved. They feed the saved through him. All that in the scriptures. But all the value of the scriptures only comes after a relationship is established with the God of glory. That's the first step. That's why the first step is to make peace with the God of glory, the God of the Bible, by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, by bowing the head in a life submission to, the, to him, which is what we see in the life of Abraham. And then the scriptures just yield out their great value of the Lord Jesus. That's why it's so important to see that Abraham first saw the God of glory, then he heard his call. Now we come to in Genesis 12, and we look at this very, very interesting statement in verse 4, where it says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Now how exactly, here's the question, how exactly did Abraham depart? How did he leave? 
I mean, the passage in Hebrews 11 just says that by faith, when he was called to go out into a place that he should afterward receive for an inheritance, he obeyed, he went out. It seems very simple. He was called, he obeyed, he went out. By faith, when he was called, he obeyed, and he went out. It seems simple. But was it really that simple? Was it really Abraham is living in an idolatrous city, and he sees God, and he hears his call, and he says, that's it, I'm finished with all this godless lifestyle, I'm out of here, and he picks up and goes. Well, not exactly. And if you look at uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 1, Joshua 24, 1, we see um, something else, which we've seen before, where it says here, this is a very, very important um, message, I guess you'd say, that Joshua wanted to give to the Jewish people. So it says in verse 1 that Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. So, what do we see here? Joshua gathers two to three million Jewish people together. Think about that. That's the population of San Diego all gathered in one place. And he tells them, he says, I want you to understand, understand something clearly about your father Abraham. He was serving other gods. That's who he was. He was serving other gods. And Abraham was on his way to hell. He was walking right down the middle of the road to hell, serving other gods. He was an idolater. But notice what God says about how Abraham left. In verse 3 of Joshua, it says, I took your father and led him. So this is God. God, the great helper, says the way Abraham left, I took him and led him. So you go back a few verses to Genesis 11.31, which we've already covered, and we see here the details of how God took Abraham. It's the record says in Genesis 11.31 that Terah, who was Abraham's father, took Abram, his son, and Lot, and so forth, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan and came into, unto Haran and dwelt there. So it was Abram's father, Terah, who decided to leave Ur, and he took Abraham, and God, and God called that, I took Abraham. But Joshua said that. Now, so what happened after Terah died? What happened after Terah died? Well, if you have your place again back in Acts, in Acts 7-4, it says, Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran, and from thence, the record says, when his father was dead, he removed him. Who's he? God removed Abraham. God removed Abraham unto this land wherein you now dwell. So the record says that when Abraham's father was dead, it was God who removed Abraham. Now, these circumstances were, these were the circumstances were, but the, you know, the circumstances were terror and wanting to leave, and when he was dead, for whatever, however it worked out, uh, Abraham decided that he, he had to leave there. Maybe he had allergies or something, I don't know. But anyway, the bottom line was 
that God removed Abraham. God took Abraham. So what we see here in Abraham is a man with weaknesses, wanting to obey God, and God helping him to obey God. That's the clear picture. A man wanting to obey God who's weak, but we see God helping Abraham to obey him. So we see that the greatness was not in Abraham, but the greatness was in the God of Abraham who helped Abraham. Number one, Abraham first saw the God of glory. He knew God. He knew the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory, and that was the beginning of the vital relationship between God and Abraham. Number two, God helped Abraham in his weakness every step of the way of his life, is what we're going to see, in order so that Abraham could obey him. Why did all this happen to Abraham? Because Abraham, in his weakness, had a relationship with the mighty God, with the loving God, with the helping God, with the leading God, with the guiding God. And what was that kind of that, what, what kind of special relationship was that that Abraham had with God? Dad, today you finished up talking about the vital relationship between God and Abraham. Why did you call it a vital relationship? David, I'm glad you asked that question because the word vital was purposefully chosen. Vital in the sense of life. Because the relationship that Abraham had with God determined his life. It was a relationship that determined his life, meaning that it was all about life and death. The Lord Jesus Christ brought this out very clearly in John 5, 38 through 40, where he said, And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. So what we see in here is so very clearly stated by him. He says, you have not his word abiding in you. His word, his word is a person. His word is the Lord Jesus Christ. John 1.1 makes that so clear where it speaks of the Lord Jesus by saying, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So right off the bat, we are confronted with the issue that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. He is called the word because he is God's communication between God and man. And then further, it goes down in verse 14 of John 1, and it says, And the Word was made flesh. So in other words, the Word, the conversation that God wants to have with man, God's message to man, the Word, the person, was made flesh. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then he goes on to say that you have not this word abiding in you, living in you. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said that we had to do. That was his great invitation in John 15, 4, when he said, abide in me and I in you. This relationship where it's not an external relationship, but it's an internal relationship. When we swing open wide the door of our heart, he comes in, he sets up resonance with us, and he lives within us. He lives within our heart. That's the great wonder 
of what happens after we ask him to be our Lord and Savior. And then he speaks of his word, whom the Father had sent, whom he had sent, had sent. That brings to mind what he said in John three sixteen through 17, the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave and that, and we focus on that word gave. What does it mean he gave? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he goes on to say, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So in other words, when he gave his son, he sent his son. That's the whole meaning of the word Messiah, the anointed one, the Messiah of the Lord Jesus Christ, his Messiahship speaks of how he was sent, how he was sent by God, how he was given by God, how he was sent from heaven to earth to be our Savior. It goes on, he went on to say, ye believe not. That's the choice, the choice that Moses said in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you that, that both thou and thy seed may live. So the Lord Jesus Christ came as the grand decision, the grand uh, 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 choice that man had to make for him or against him. Choose him or choose him not. Receive him or receive him not. And God says, I have set before you life and death. When the Lord Jesus Christ was sent to earth by God the Father, God the Father was setting before each and every one of us life and death. To come to him and to have him is to have life. To neglect him, to ignore him, to say no thank you is to choose death. And then God says, I advise you, therefore choose life, Moses said in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. And then he said, search the scriptures. In other words, the scriptures. And what are the scriptures? The scriptures are about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he said, they testify of me. So when you search the scriptures, to search the scriptures is to follow the trail. And to follow the trail is to come to the origin. And we read in Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, Moses said, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So what he's saying here is that the word of God is not some sterile oration by God. It's not a a book that God has given us like any other book. This, These are words that are coming, as he described it, out of the mouth of the Lord. These are words that are proceeding out of the mouth of the Lord. And so as we follow the, 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 the trail and search the scriptures, we come back to the mouth of the Lord because that's the source of the scriptures. When we come back to the mouth of the Lord, we come back to life. And we come back to the person of the Lord, and the person of the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he said, search the scriptures, he's saying, if you follow the Bible, if you follow it right back to its source, you'll come back to the mouth of God that spoke the Bible. You'll come back to the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the word. And then he says, he he goes on and he says to them that you will not come to me that you might have life, and he speaks about it, eternal life, 
come to me. In other words, there is no life apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. As we said, when you when when we go back to the source of the scriptures, when we go back to the mouth of God, we come to the the reminder of what happened in Genesis 2-7 when right after the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So in other words, he breathed into him from his mouth came life. From the mouth of God comes the word of God. From God comes life from the word as it leads back to the Lord Jesus Christ and only as it leads back to the Lord Jesus Christ comes life. That's why he said in another place, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, he gives us the rest for our souls. He also gives us the life. As we come to him, we have him. And 1 John 5, 12 makes it clear. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's the reason why it was a vital relationship between Abraham and God, because as Abraham came to the Lord Jesus Christ, he came to have the eternal life, the life from God that only the Lord Jesus Christ can give. Thank you for joining us today. Now to download a free copy of today's message or listen to it, go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Now, we also have an opportunity for anyone listening in the Southern California area to become a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Israel Restoration Ministries out at our college campuses in the Southern California area with our full-time missionaries. If you're interested in going door-to-door or going to college campuses and reaching lost Jewish people and building relationships with them and helping to disciple them, we'd like to hear from you today. Call 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. Or again, go to friendshipwithgod.org to learn more. Don't forget that our Museum Day is coming up in Santee, California, Saturday, September 28th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go to creationsd.org. That's creationsd.org. Thanks for listening.